Welcome to episode 49 of season 2 of the Search with Canda podcast. I am your host for this week, Jack Chambers-Ward, and I am joined by a very special guest, Sarah Taha. Sarah Taha, if you don't know already, is a fantastic SEO consultant and speaker based in Canada, and this week we're going to be diving into the very interesting topic of entity SEO. Something, I'll be honest, I've not done that much looking into and I don't know that much about, so I'm looking forward to learning a lot from Sarah during this episode. Before I get to my conversation with Sarah, of course, this week's episode is sponsored by the wonderful people over at Systrix. And Systrix is the SEO's toolbox. You can go to systrix.com SWC to check out some of their fantastic free tools, such as their SERP snippet generator, href lang validator, the all-important Google update radar, and of course, checking your site's visibility index. Something I've been doing a lot recently is creating dashboards on Systrix to be able to basically get a snapshot of a particular industry or a niche or a group of competitors and things like that for some of my clients so I can get a really fantastic snapshot of that industry and niche for my client and be able to communicate that very easily and we can see and we can see which clients and which competitors are moving in which directions and basically after a Google update, has the entire industry been affected? And things like that. It's really, really useful. And a feature I've been using a lot on Systrix very recently. Also want to give a shout out to the fantastic Charlie Williams and the latest edition of Sector Watch over on the Systrix blog, which you can find at systrix.com blog. And Charlie is talking about the top domains and content for fitness trackers. So if you are in the tech world, if you have clients who are working in the tech world who sell fitness trackers if you're working in e-commerce with people who sell fitness trackers this is the sector watch for you charlie dives into everything from argos and curries to amazon to pc mag and tech radar and all kinds of different stuff from both transactional intents and informational intents and really gets an idea of what content is performing for what kind of search intent for this niche sector watch is perfect for that kind of stuff and if you're about to work with a client or about to build a website in that niche, Sector Watch is an amazing way of getting a glimpse into that sector without having to do a ton of research. Charlie has already done it for you and, like I said, lays out high-performance content in a really, really interesting and easily digestible way. So, if you want all of that stuff and more, go to systrix.com blog and you'll find the latest edition of Sector Watch from the fantastic Charlie Williams and the data journalism team over at Systrix, right there for you. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, Sarah Taha. How are you? Great. How are you? How's everything? I'm, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, we're recording last thing on a Friday for me here in Norwich. I know it's a little bit early for you in Canada, but... Yep. Still a Friday recording, so hopefully we bring some Friday energy, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's <yeah>. the plan. <laughs> yeah, everyone on Friday is looking forward for their weekend, so <laughs> that's exactly the energy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, just in case the listeners don't know who you are, Sarah, from your speaking projects and things you've done at various different conferences around the world, why don't you give a little intro to who you are and what we're going to be talking about this week? Yep. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm Sarah Taher. I've been doing SEO for eight years now. 
I worked both agency side and client side. Uh, I've uh, worked with international brands as well as small as small businesses. And SEO is not just like a job; it's 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 really a passion. So that's why I'm so invested in in it. And um, I've, I've in, spent a lot this year, basically, and part of last year uh, building my personal brand. And it's been like a great journey so far. I can tell you built your personal brand because I've been following you on LinkedIn for a while now. And you were, in, in the way that people are on LinkedIn, essentially recommended to me because so many people were liking and reposting your things and commenting on there and things like that. So I really appreciate it, especially what we've been doing on LinkedIn and Twitter. I think you do some fantastic work and give really good like case studies and advice and all that kind of stuff. So keep up the good work. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jack. <laughs> so before we get into the topic, let's discuss a little bit about your career because I think it's pretty interesting. And I like to do this with everybody on the show to kind of get an idea of, you know, we all have different paths coming into SEO. We all come through, like you said, whether it's in-house and agency or just one or starting with the other or anything like that. So from my understanding, you started off founding your own company in Egypt. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Wow. What was that experience like? Just uh, is that your kind of like initial jumping in, straight and starting your own company? <laughs> yeah. I mean, starting your own thing is always a challenge. It's not it's it's not easy. Right. And um, it comes and, and it requires a lot of a wide skill set. So um, it was like really a challenge back then. But the thing that I sort of like appreciate the most is this giving me or exposing me to learn SEO, right? Because uh, back then, like SEO was this random thing, like who's going to pick it up? And I ended up, it up, right? And, and fast forward, I made my career out of it. Yeah. So uh, I launched my, my company in Egypt, uh, worked there for a while. Then I moved to Dubai, um, launched, launched a tech startup. Uh, and, and, this was like a super different challenging thing because once you <laughs> because tech startups are so they um give me a second <laughs> i'm just trying to like uh yeah so um tech startups are basically comp new companies with an innovative product right so it's you're taking a risk a big risk because you're trying to fill or solve a problem that in, a, in in theory, no one else tried to solve it the same way you did, right? Like think about Airbnb, think about like um, Twitter. A lot of like a lot of companies when they like big companies we see nowadays started like they were startups, right? They were like th this crazy idea. So when I launched that launched a startup, it, it was a big gamble because we all know all start almost all startups fail. Like yeah. succeeding <laughs> is the exception, literally. Um, and it's pretty much different than launching a traditional business. Like if you're launching, I don't know, a restaurant or any, mm. it's, it's pretty much different. So um, it was a big gamble and I did learn a lot. I got a lot of awesome experiences. I was not able to raise funds to continue to grow. And I like, as I said, like once you're running a business, there's a big range of skills that you need to have. And one of them, I, I didn't have and I struggled with for a very long time. So like late, late, recently I started to be able to um, 
do is asking for money, <laughs> asking to get paid. Yeah, I, I struggled with that. Literally, like people, I had businesses using my startup and I was just, no, I'm going to pay for that. No, I can't ask them for money. Mm. You know, like, <laughs> it, so, it's something um, I talked about with Tom Critchlow. It's like understanding your value as, you know, you have your unique skills. Nobody else has your experiences. And you are doing your thing because you're an expert in that. Like I said, we, whether you're, classing yourself as a freelancer or you're in house or in agency or whatever you are there because you're an expert you're a specialist or maybe even if you're a journalist but yeah understanding your worth is such an underrated skill especially for freelancers right and where as soon as you kind of move away from the typical kind of salary structure and start having to determine your own money basically <laughs> and work out how much do i charge per hour or per day and like you said I, I I would definitely fall into that category myself of like, oh, people won't want to pay for that. No, don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even now, so now because I've been in, like I focused on my consultancy and so on, I started, like I got much, much better. And now I can say no to people that I know are not, like they don't, they, they're not willing to make the investment. I think mm. I, I, I'm worth, you know, or, or what my work is worth, right? So, and I don't feel bad about it anymore, or I don't feel like, oh my God, uh, no one's going to pay for this or that sort of thing. <laughs> I, I, like I, I collected some more courage and a tiny bit of um, uh, self-confidence, maybe a, a tiny bit <laughs> that I can navigate this, these situations with. But back then it, it, it was such a big deal. And I mean, I, I did all the crazy things startup founders do. Like I would, I, I created an app. It, there was a website and then an app and then I would get on the subway in the evening and just annoy people in the subway and show them my app and get feedback <laughs> literally and then I went to Apple store and I would show it to people who because I mean people going to Apple store probably using Apple and it was on iOS at that point mm -hmm. so I was like uh, and I annoyed people there so <laughs> um, and got feedback and you know I, I, I wanted it to get better and we were in the right ways. Just I, it, I ran out of funds because it was self-funded, um, and you know that was that. It's it, it was like no way for this. Like I kept the website for a while, but then I took it down. You know, and mm. um, that was that. Yeah. Well, and then you moved on to SEO full time after that. I yeah, guess. <laughs> I went from there. You know, I I decided like. I, I want to do SEO, like uh, this is the biggest skill that I've like learned or practiced a lot and I enjoyed as well. So I started looking for SEO roles and um, I was really lucky to get into to get into a very good role at a very good company in, in Dubai. And um, and the experience there was like um, it was crazy because it they were a, a startup, but in a very advanced phase and um i had a great boss as well and they would let you like he would always push me to do things i i don't want to do like go attend the product guys meetings i'm like I'm, i don't want to go in product i i, I like <laughs> I, i'm just doing seo no you go there and you like you know pick up and learn and uh at one point they even assigned me um the role of a website personalization product manager which was like a big thing on top of seo like so they gave me a lot of Learned, I learned a lot there, not just about SEO, but about how internally you communicate and execute SEO. And, mm. and that helped, helped me so much even today. Like 
I always, every time I talk with a like a, a CMO or a CTO or any any person who's like you know looking to hire an agency or to hire me and on that any any person on that side, they their concerns are always the same with or frustrations are the same with the agencies, for example, they're working with or with the consultants they're working with, and I could see why they have these. Um, frustrations because of that experience I had yeah yeah I I can totally picture that being a a difficult kind of (laughs) journey to go through right (laughs) yeah I mean um and then I moved to Canada I couldn't this is like in Dubai I also freelanced so I wanted to like fast track my SEO career so on top of like working full-time I also worked at an Asian uh, as a part like freelancer at an agency on the side um, and it was like crazy hours because back then you used to drive to the office and I drive one hour in the morning and then you work for, you stay in the office for nine hours. Okay. <laughs> I'm not like, it's nine to six wow. <laughs> and then one hour driving back and then you work few hours on your projects on top of like family commitments and everything. I was going to say that's ignoring mm-hmm. all, you know, actual life stuff the that's happening around life, you. Yeah. <laughs> the I, whole I rest of life in two hours. <laughs> yeah. I would literally be like dropping my head on. I remember this because I would be sitting in the living room, like trying to socialize and, you know, um, and check on what my kids are doing, but I still mm-hmm. have my laptop and I sometimes like just fall like my head. <laughs> <laughs> like I just drop sometimes. Um, Did that happen during any client meetings? Be honest. No, no, luckily not. <laughs> I know very well you're. <laughs> and then, Here's yeah, why you no, should invest in me. <laughs> and there's snoring in the back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I. Um, so yeah, I. I um, anyway, so. Um, yeah, from, um, and from the, once I moved to Canada, I focused more on like consulting and then I moved from like from one agency to the, to the other. I also worked, um, fun fact, I changed jobs four times this, this year. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I was an, at an agency and then I went in-house because I, I wanted to go back to in-house. I felt that like my skill set is perfect there. And then, uh, and I wanted to have more control of like execution and like had a, a lot of dreams and then they all got smashed and then I, it wasn't what they promised me. And then I, um, moved back to an agency, got laid off and then, uh, went back to the first agency that I was. So I'm basically back to square one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, um, well, I, I, it, it's weird, but I like to tell myself, okay, I know that like this has been a weird situation for me this year, but um, I try to tell myself it's it's okay, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, uh, things happen, so yeah. Yeah, that's all part of that journey, right? I think there's been so much just volatility and difficulty with jobs changing and companies going under and all that kind of stuff over the last couple of years. I think that is a record I've heard in 2022 for four jobs in a year. <laughs> I could have done one more, but oh, I'm like, okay. no, I'm staying here for now. You're not going for the world record or anything? No. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, in a way, people would look at this as a job hopper. In a way, I I was worried how that would look like on my resume, right? And um, the one job that I got laid off, it was such a short duration. and 
they lost some PPC clients and they I got laid off. And I was advised to not even put it on my resume because it's just a few weeks. So I just removed it, but I still have it on, like, I would disclose it. I, I'm not going to, like, hide it. I I mean, things that, and I, I mean, three out of, like, three jobs to four jobs isn't that much an issue. It's, <laughs> I mean. No, I said, I, like I said, I think that's happened to so many people over the last couple of years, just yeah. because of the shift, especially with the shift to, like, remote working and things like that, being able to hire from around the world and being able to let people go much more easily you don't have to have that face-to-face kind of meeting and stuff that's really changed the way i think hiring and working works now right i think that is kind of a glimpse into our future that was kind of kick-started and and pushed forward by the pandemic and and you know what that's the weird thing because i've been interviewing a lot right and um a lot so a lot of interviewing processes are and interviewee people who interview you are in my opinion, a bit old-fashioned in in a, uh, in a in a way that, like, the, I, you get asked like weird questions. Like, I don't know. Like, I had an interview focused on keyword difficulty matrix for, matrix, for example. I'm like, mm, that's not like really trending right now, <laughs> you know. And um, and then, I mean, it, it hiring. We can have a separate podcast on hiring. We for should SEO do, yeah. rules. <laughs> Trust me, it's and I have a lot of experience as you can see in, in interviewing. So um yeah, I mean I I remember there was one role. I finished five interviews and an assignment and I passed all of them. And I got an email from uh HR that they're sending the um uh, contract like end of day, right? And then suddenly they're like, uh, okay, we need one more interview. I was like, okay. <laughs> And then I met with, it was HR again. And there was like, I, it was like meaningless interview, to be honest, because there was nothing new to discuss. But then um, they later emailed me and said I didn't get the role. And I was like, okay, is there any feedback for me? And I, they were like, yeah, we felt that, yeah, you'd be successful at any role. Uh, but um, like you care about like in, in, so you want to have like this successful role more than you want to be part of our company. I was like, I want to be successful in a, in your company, but yeah. yeah okay, sure. <laughs> they thought that the company was bigger than the employees kind of thing. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Like you'd be successful, but like guys, I just met you. You you need to sell me the company a bit. Like I am interested and I sh- told them why. And I, I, it wasn't the insurance, um, sector and i did have like a very good experience in the insurance sector uh so i you know i had a reason to be interested in that but they were like yeah you would be successful anywhere but why are like why us or something of that sort of like okay so don't trust that personally (laughs) that seems just like a a rubbish excuse from a person you know the thing is i looking back now i feel like i wasn't gonna be able to like we weren't a good fit like if you have that mm. mindset if you're willing to let because that that role was like two three months ago they're still hiring for the same role ah right <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> so yeah and and i mean if you're willing um, to and anyone who've hired like even when I went in house, like the last this year when I first joined, they have been looking for an SEO for like months, and they said, and it, it's a very difficult. Are we diverging away from the? 
podcast. <laughs> we are. We'll, we'll, we'll move on in a sec. Don't worry. We'll, let's finish this point and then we'll we'll move on. Okay, I'm really sorry. I still find it interesting. <laughs> yeah, like um, it's a, a, a difficult niche because it's um, it's the customers are developers. And so it's all technical stuff, like, you know, JavaScript, like the very technical uh, um, um, ta- industry. And uh, they gave me an assignment. And they, their only reason they took me is that um, they said, I'm the only one who was able to solve their assignment, right? And and get a grasp of their business and and I was like really happy with that, but I, and I'm and, and partially why I'm like not happy it didn't work out uh, for me there like I just didn't see myself uh, getting why what I was promised so I decided to move on. Mm. That makes sense. Speaking of moving on, should we talk about the main topic we're here to yes. talk about? Yes, <laughs> and I'm so sorry for like diverging. So no, it's all not. I thought it was and, an interesting and feel free discussion. to like cut it. You don't need to put all of my life story here. No worries. <laughs> like just the intro will be great. And yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely keep a bit. I thought that was interesting, so we'll definitely keep some in. But the main topic we're here to discuss is, funny enough, something I just watched you talk about earlier today. <laughs> you talked about earlier this week on uh, the SE Ranking YouTube channel. We're going to dive into a bit of entity SEO. And I guess to start the conversation, let's start with the basics, right? Let's What is an entity? Let's define that first. And I feel like I have a little bit of an understanding and a bit more of an understanding now I saw your talk, but it's still a very new concept to me. So I'm interested to see your perspective on it and to, to learn a lot from you here, Sarah. So how would you define an entity when it comes to using it in search? So... I've seen a lot of resources define it in so many different ways. Some people say anything that has a Wikipedia page is an entity, right? <laughs> you can make your own Wikipedia page, yeah. can't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, right? And um, I mean, the reason they say that is because you can refer to that page in the schema markup uh, later. Uh, yeah, but I mean, this is like a... Because a lot of things don't have a Wikipedia page, like a lot of, you know, uh, even basic concepts... Don't, so the best definition I found is that anything that's a noun and singular, then that's that's an entity, right? So any concept, it can be like a physical item or something that's not, you know, uh, just an idea or uh, anything that's a noun that you would describe as a noun, it's, it's an entity. Right, yeah, because I've seen a lot of examples. People, in every talk, people use the example of celebrities, right? People are well-known people, like distinguishable people are entities. But I found it really interesting, again, touching on the talk you did at SE Ranking, that you discussed things that were kind of more concepts rather than like physical objects. And I think that's something a lot of people don't understand. And I know I certainly didn't straight away. I very much thought of like, yeah, it's a physical thing. It's a brand. It's a logo. It's a company. It's a person, whatever. But actually having nouns that are kind of concepts being able to be entities what i found really really interesting as well so how does that relate to what we do in seo basically that that's a that's a cool concept but how does that actually tie into working with entities in seo that's an awesome question so in the past Google, so Google dis- needed to decide the relevance of a piece of content to rank it. Like the more relevant it is, the more higher it ranks. 
And it did this through keyword density, right? The more you repeat a keyword there, the more it's relevant. So buy uh, that, shoes online. That, if you write that it 10 phrase times we've on heard the page, so many times, keyword density. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the more you repeat it on a page, the more it was relevant. But this tactic is easily manipulated, right? And, and Google wanted to move away from that. So they introduced entities. So, and, and using entities, this is how they um, evaluate the relevance. So for example, if I'm writing a blog post about you, like I'm gonna talk about Jack and Jack's life, right? Would you think it's, it's a thorough post if I never mention that you work as an SEO at Candor? Mm, right? There are yeah. things you need to mention, like there's a specific level of information that needs to be there. So you, we would say this cover, this is like an in-depth, very relevant because I have described everything that is related to you there, right? And the way they measure this, okay, did they, is the, the, does this blog post include Candor, the company, right? And then SEO as well and, and, and that sort of thing. Every aspect, like your hobbies and so on. So the it, instead of like writing Jack 20 times, right? We write, <laughs> <laughs> we write everything about you um, and that's how Google measures relevance today, right? Mm. Um, and it, the thing is, and it's, it's really weird, but it, this concept is not new. Like when I started SEO in 2014, I had a mentor and the guy literally said, and I remember it word for word, um, you need to include keywords or, or we didn't use the word entities, but we used keywords or terms. He, he would say, you need to include keywords or terms that should naturally be present when you talk about a specific topic. Right. And when I talk about Jack. The only the, the 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 keyword Jack is not the only thing that should be naturally there, like SEO, candor, whatever, like hobbies, podcasts, and so on. Right? There are a lot of things. Like if I'm gonna draw a map or a, a graph of what Jack is interests and who he is and when he was born and so on, it's gonna include so much more than Jack. So like imagine if I write one or two paragraphs or even ten, and all I'm saying is sort of circular reasoning and and I've seen that back in 2014 where you're like yeah. Jack is like a great guy Jack is like smart and and you keep saying that over and over <laughs> and 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 then compare that to like something that's like really covering all aspects of your identity or or your yeah. entity right <laughs> That's really interesting I think again that's something that relates it to keyword research right and I think they are such a kind of intertangled technique and method and concept where a lot of people say keyword research and like you said there are kind of accidentally doing entity research as well it, if you're thinking about it in a natural way and you've got the right kind of idea and you're not as we said doing keyword stuffing and just getting phrases and words in there for the sake of it it almost comes naturally to you when you cover a concept in depth and you're talking about a particular thing i know it's something mark has talked about when Whenever we get a question from a client of like, oh, how long should this article be? And there is no answer to that question. It's how long it should be to properly cover that topic or answer the question or whatever the purpose of the article is. There is no, it should be 500 words long and then it will rank kind of thing. It's yeah. you need to cover it and fully answer that question. If you're looking to create kind of FAQ style content or a guide style article or something like that, it needs to, like you said, be thorough about it and cover it. And I think a lot of people do almost accidentally do entity SEO without even realizing. 
<laughs> so what what's happening is we do it if we're writing like we're trying to write through content but but sometimes we do miss on some entities and then um and then we don't recommend like what what in like when I learned about these things but as I said we didn't call it entity and I moved to the agency side in my early days at agency side I tried to execute that and it was blocked because this was no one does that. You cannot send these things to clients. Yeah. Like literally, and I, I literally dropped it. Like you know, it's, there's no point. Like you, you you push for it and it's not going anywhere. It's staying on your computer, <laughs> and you're getting a lot of heat for it. So, <clears throat> so uh, it what the, the thing I see, and and there are some tools actually that would help with this, uh, either free or paid. Uh, a lot of tools are are, are great tools are available t today for us is that would help with this is we should be actually recommending specifically when we're, we're when we're updating existing content like okay you maybe the first time around you send the keywords right and you ask them to do it thorough but then um maybe like you know when you're doing your like regular checks like every six months or every year whatever your, your plan is to audit your content performance if something is not performing and you know it's thorough Maybe you need to check your entities, right? Maybe there is, that's, yeah. Yeah, so, um, and the reason I say that is I know it's very time consuming and um, it may not be, like, you may not be able to send that in your first round of recommendations, but it's something you need to definitely consider. Yeah, I think that client communication side of things is really interesting. And like you said, I think we're moving in, the right direction more and more seos are understanding entities and and using them correctly but i think you're also right that a lot of us need to consciously include them and be aware of like where the limits of the existing research is and like you said when you go to update something that maybe you know before you were consciously adding that as part of your content process oh now i know about entities i should go back and update this content or work with this client and do this kind of thing are there particular kind of methods and tools you use to do that stage of the kind of entity stuff that are different to what you would use for kind of the typical kind of keyword research? So I usually like to do it like first, like a brainstorm, like when I'm talking about this topic, like what should naturally be talked about, right? And 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 this is like really powerful because this would help you get get into like topics or I mean, in, add information to your article that no one else may have talked about before. And new information is really big. The re and so the reason for that is if it's something new, like for example, um, and it's a, a, a not a, um, a, like it's a sad example, unfortunately, but it, it does uh, explain the concept. So when uh, Bill Slowski um, passed away, uh, people were Googling a lot about his life and there was like he didn't have a wife or have children, but some websites put this information <clears throat> uh, there, right? So they ranked. They started ranking for for those queries, even though he didn't have any of of those uh, in real life. Like these are not real information. So new information would help you rank. That new that's not the, the only reason other reliable sources didn't have this information is because these don't exist like he he didn't have a wife right or or, or children so <clears throat> the only reason the more reliable sources did not appear on 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 
um, on the related searches for for this specific query was they didn't have that information. Um, so that's why brainstorming is really powerful. Like you can, uh, and, and I, I, I hope like whoever listens to this, this uses it in like an ethical way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I like to think our listeners are very ethical. Right, listeners? Yeah. You're listening yeah. right now. You're thinking, yeah, I'm going to be really ethical, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- hopefully, I feel yeah. like the... Um, I don't know the the tone of the community that Mark has built, and hopefully I've now added to when as part of season two. Hopefully, we're very ethical, lovely listeners out there. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. Like I uh, because I follow Mark and all his posts and stuff. Like he has a lovely audience. So yeah. Yeah, and I'm just kind of piggybacking off that basically. <laughs> no worries. No. Um. Yeah. So um. So that's where I would start. Then you have things like image search, for example, because many times when you search for something on image search, you get like those little suggestions below the below, below the search bar. And these are either ser- related search terms or and en- related entities, right? So you can get inspiration from there. Some things will like, you may have like, after your brainstorming session, you may like, you know, be surprised, like, you, you may get surprised by things you didn't know they they were related specifically if it's a, a topic you're not like an expert in or, or something right um and then, like for example i think i was one time i searched for florida road trips and then they had one of if i recall correctly one of the entities was was family right and maybe so in your topic maybe you would talk about for example in, in your blog maybe you would talk about something why is this a great trip for families or it's a popular destination like something really there is something related google sees the noun or the entity family related to this in a way or another right so uh you can also go to um use like google search and check the knowledge panel if there is any and also uh the search suggestions at the bottom and autocomplete um, you can also use Google Trends. So, um, and then there is um, a Google API um, that also you can. So you don't need to go to the paid version to try to get the entities. But this is more like you're getting your competitors' entities. Like you paste the paragraph and get what sort of entities are there. <laughs> That's a really interesting way of looking at it. Actually, I think I've done a similar thing with a client before, where we basically did like a word association game almost where you talk about the core topic, you know, you're going to be talking about, you know, we want to sell podcast microphones. And when you think of podcast microphones, what do you think of? And actually sitting down with the client. And again, I know it's something a lot of people say where actually getting the client involved and understanding, you know, if they're selling products or if they're selling concepts or whatever it is, understanding their product, their sales team, their marketing team, they're, the, they're going to be the subject experts, right? So they will come from a particular perspective. And something I've never had the opportunity to do, but I'd love to try it, would be actually like interviewing customers of your client or, or of your company, if you're in-house in that case, and getting an idea of how different they associate stuff compared to people who actually work at the company. And I think it'd be you'd get probably two very different <laughs> kind of diagrams yeah, of yeah. what the audience and customers think and then what, you know, me, me coming as an outside agency SEO and then also people working in-house or part of their internal marketing team coming with different sides there as well. So yeah, that's a really interesting way of doing research and kind of, like you said, getting out of just 
putting words into tools and the kind of, I don't want to say lazy habits, but habits that we get into as SEOs, right? <laughs> Actually going out and literally Googling stuff and looking through image searches and seeing autocompletes and stuff. It's very easy to get trapped in like uh, wash, rinse, repeat or, or that sort of cycle. Definitely, like, yeah. Do this. And, yeah, it's in SEO. It's really, you know, very easy to get into that loop. So, yeah, definitely breaking that and, and talking to people is, is and trying things is is definitely a bonus. Yeah. So something I touched on with Claire Carlyle when we talked about local SEO, and I know knowledge graphs are a big factor in local SEO. Am I right in thinking there can also be influenced and, and part of entities as well? Yeah, I mean, so the knowledge graph is, is actually built of entities and the relationship between them, right? So entities connect to each other and then that's that's the knowledge graph and another and and the knowledge graph if someone is interested to look up and understand more about it is is, is a semantic network right mm. um it connects objects or things entities and their relationship between them and yeah and, and that's what what google knowledge graph is it's a semantic network made yeah. of entities like you were saying earlier when you're covering all the different details i don't have a knowledge graph listeners i'm not that interesting but if i did <laughs> it would say like Canda, and there would be a link to Canda, and then he is a podcaster, and there's a link to podcaster, and stuff like that. Yeah, again, another way of kind of brainstorming and getting that kind of mind map and diagram and understanding what Google thinks is related to those topics compared to what the audience, what the customers, all that kind of stuff think as well. And uh, you, you touched on schema earlier as well. How important can schema be to influencing this kind of stuff and, and driving entity SEO as well? So Google has gotten very good at understanding content, uh, but schema is definitely a very extremely, extremely recommended, super helpful uh, uh, SEO tactic, right? You, it's basically like you're just exp explaining what the content is about and connecting it with, if you would like, you can connect it with the entity you're also talking about. Like if you mention uh, any specific entity and that entity happens to have a Wikipedia page, you can actually mention that in the schema, right? And you're making it so much easier for Google to... So what, what happens is that Google looks at the, the text and then should, like, ideally develops a graph out of it or or compares it to the graph it has and, and matches it, right? Like, um, And this is also one way Google knows about consensus, like when there's something all... Like, if you come and say something that's not said anywhere else that contradicts what's said anywhere else then th this may may for example come off as not not reliable there's a lot of details in there but generally speaking um schema helps google understand what the page is about and the entities that are on this page yeah so definitely highly recommend are there particular schemas that are particularly relevant um, um the one that springs to mind for me is like organization is the obvious one right for yep. if you're thinking about brands and companies and things like that obviously personal ones and, and things like that as well is there anything else that kind of is less obvious i guess <laughs> i mean any type of schema that you, so whatever I, when i whenever i work with a new client uh in any industry uh what are the product or service and i try to see what's the most relevant schema to them mm. so if it's a maybe like um 
um, small business loans service. Okay, what's that? Is it, is it a financial service or is it just a small business? Like, how, how which which schema is more relevant to that, right? And to their products as well. Like, uh, even if it's a location, is it is there any schema that's relevant? Like that describes this location like it's, it's a park there's a park schema for example so this is one of the things like i go to the bottom of funnel pages and usually usually uh, bottom of funnel pages are about something or some service something like um they're not like how to guides or they're like um running shoes or like you know they're they're very specific about what they, they and and you can match that to an entity usually there is one type like um it's that t- type of pages usually usually presents a specific entity right mm. uh one thing it, it, as as compared as opposed to for if you're writing a blog post about um how to plan a road trip this is not about a specific like it's planning road trip right it's two different things it's not a specific like so this would be different. Like this is a how-to guide or an FAQ or whatever you want to write. Um, uh, um, I um, market, but bottom of funnel are very like usually very specific entities. So uh, this is where I would like always to start, you know, and see what sort of schema should be there. Yeah, something I think a lot of people would think of when it comes to entities, like, kind of we've already talked about before, is those big like household name brands and things like that. But as we've already discussed there are a lot of other different types of entities that you don't even realize are entities. So I guess trying to get my head around the concept of how that can work for small businesses. If you don't, like you said, if you don't already have your own Wikipedia page for your small business or, or anything like that, how does that approach differ when it comes to doing that entity research and incorporating that in the content? I mean, you don't have to have a Wikipedia page. Definitely. I mean, if you have it, it's great. But if you don't, it's it's okay. <laughs> it's a nice bonus. Definitely, it's okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's not an issue at all, right? Um, it, Google will identify you as an entity. The more well, about uh, uh, the more links you have, the more reviews you have, the more mentions you have, awards, that sort of thing, right? Um, so contributions you have, like if you're a small local business, you can and and you want your name to and and being identified as an entity increases your chances of having a knowledge panel right so if you want to um be an entity you, you the usual seo process would get you there for your business name right um organization schema or local business schema and, and so on all of these things would get you there that's really interesting i like how you know, like I said, when you initially think about it, I always think of like big brands and celebrities and things like that. But the fact that it can apply to basically any client, basically any website, even <laughs> at Google My Business, even having mm. Google My Business is still because you're telling Google that that's a place that, or that's a company located at that place. So that's an entity as well, right? There's it, a location, it also that's signals, an entity, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that that's actually that that's a strong signal. Like I mean. A lot of things, uh, you know, Google gathers a lot of information. So, I mean, if you look on- online, right, there, there are tons of people online. If you look for uh, Mark William Cook, there probably there are few on the planet, right? But uh, if you Apparently Google... there aren't. According to Mark, <laughs> he is the one and only Mark Williams Cook. 
That's why he chose it. <laughs> yeah, let, let me one second. We're going to test it live on the podcast. <laughs> and no, I know I just... I, I've also double barreled my surname when I got married as well. So I followed in Mark's footsteps of being Jack Chambers to Jack Chambers Ward, and he went from Mark Cook to Mark Williams Cook. So. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. Okay, now I know why he uses his full name. But Build, building the personal brand, right? <laughs> Make yourself <laughs> SEO friendly by making a new name. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in in theory, in theory, uh, if you're not Mark, <laughs> if you're someone else, you're not a celebrity who, like Mark. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so there are so many people online, and theoretically, are they entities or not? I, I like every single person, but. But is is every single person worth being added to Google's knowledge graph? Like, there's a lot of detail. Like, it, it's a, it would require a lot of thinking to make that like to, to reach. Yeah, but they can only index so if, much information. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, what I what I see is that if you if you want to be like w when we say Jack Chambers and you want to come first and appear there, right? And you're as uh, amongst all the Jack Chambers, yeah, there's right? A there's an Australian dancer, there's a Canadian film director and an Irish politician all called Jack Chambers who are For far real? more famous than me. Yeah, yeah. The politician okay, so is this... horrible as well which upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is a really gonna this is going to be super challenging because you need to like out uh I don't know like you need to like outwin them in a way and, and it's, it's really I could hard probably out SEO them if I really try <laughs> yeah, I've never right? really sat down and like you were saying earlier like with your recent push for your personal brand I've never really sat down and tried to push that but now I guess because I've added the extra ward to my surname I can push yeah, for Jack now, now I think I'm like... the only Jack Chambers ward so yeah okay. I can now add my middle like... names in there and stuff make it more unique <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah so now now it's much easier um the competition would be much uh uh less complicated but i mean if there are like if you want to be known for like for for that name like on google like if you want google to identify you as the the entity for matching that like when you say diana or when you say uh rihanna or like whatever like uh, uh that sort of thing um you want to like focus on your ent entity uh tactics right entity seo tactics and and for a specific entity it it backlinks uh, as i said uh mentions uh reviews and so on all of these things contribute to um building your entity the thing is you also want to make sure that anyone who mentions you you go back and make sure that they're linking to your like sometimes people link for example for the company you work for not your personal website yes right? of course yeah we've had, yeah. I've had it before where i've seen people who used to work at one agency they were linked and then linked to the old agency and they're working for a different company like hi yeah um could you link to my new company now please <laughs> trying to get unlinked mentions redirected to a new company <laughs> i'm actually trying to do that right now oh really um, <laughs> yeah, literally. I'm like going back and I'm like, oh my God, why did I never, why didn't I launch my website like so much? Like I, I did it like in, I think September. So it's like really late. I should have started with that, but I didn't care. I don't know why. <laughs> Whenever you're mentioned <laughs> was, personally, it should go to your website and not other people's yeah. websites. <laughs> yeah. And 
like right now what i see is that this is going to cause an entity co like sort of confusion like is is sarah like that's the website or there's like sarah assembly or are these the same like you know a lot of are these the same thing or so i'm trying to go back actually and reach out to people to replace the links hope that works <laughs> <laughs> are you the most famous sarah taha is the question Unfortunately, no. There's oh, another no. person that I need to knock off serves, and I'm <laughs> going after her. She doesn't know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's competition um, everywhere. I, We're fighting for. I our, think she can no. retire. Like I can reach out to her and tell her she had a great career. It was a great run. <laughs> she can retire. It's okay. She's a she, doctor of some sort. I oh, think. she's a so, doctor. Yeah. yeah, I think. If, I I don't remember. I think. I, like I I don't check her profiles a lot because. <laughs> I mean, she's there. That's enough for me. So, <laughs> like, you're not staying here for long. <laughs> Just know there's a professional SEO coming for your position yeah. right now. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and, you know, this is like, okay, here's the thing also. If, and, and I like that example. If, if When you search for Sarah Taher or you search for Apple, is it the same as you search for Apple? Like, is it, does you mean Apple the fruit or Apple the company? And for Google, you you'll get Apple the company results because Apple the company is more notable and, and than Apple the fruit, which is like crazy that companies are so famous more than that <laughs> <laughs> online and more mentioned online and talked about online than the fruit, which is something like you know we talk about every like we don't even think about it. It's it, you know. Yeah, I wonder if that's an element to it because I would think of Apple the fruit as something I would talk about far more in person. I don't think I've ever Googled just the word apple to find the fruit because well, you, know, you know what an apple is, right? <laughs> yeah. But think about recipes. Think mm. about, I mean, there is a lot of things, but obviously not enough to beat Google, uh, Apple, the company. So <laughs> they are and one I of the mean, biggest companies in the world. So yeah. if you search for but, alphabet, what does, what does it show now? Can you, you want to try? Oh, I'll do that. I'll do that live on the podcast. Let's do that right now. Yeah. Is it going to be the company? Is it going to be? Because there's um, a lot of kids I know they go online. Ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I have got a language writing type, which is the alphabet letters. They're not the company. Oh, I'm sad for Google. I know. See results about Alphabet Inc. There we go. So they're like they a, got... their own see results about at the bottom there. Someone beat them at their own game. <laughs> there is an. There is a. What am I getting here? Alphabet is a leader in sustainable business mobility solutions. Reduce your carbon footprint and add flexibility. I'm giving a free advert to another company called Alphabet here. They're apparently a business car leasing and fleet vehicle management company who outrank the company that owns Google. <laughs> that is Imagine. bizarre. I, I guess yeah. because Alphabet, the company who owns Google... Again, it's that thing of being like a household name, right? almost a similar way with like fruit the apple. But like, I feel like people talk about Google as Google more than Alphabet. Like definitely, Alphabet, yes. So, I mean, Google is like more, like very rarely we talk about Alphabet. I feel yeah, like Google we, is, yeah. It's an interesting thing because it was introduced after Google was a common phrase and a common noun, right? It's the same way of like, if I was very very famous as jack chambers and then i when i got married i changed my name to jack chambers ward people would still search for jack chambers to find me as an entity as a celebrity but then it would be like did you mean jack chambers ward yeah maybe <laughs> but yeah i think there have been situations where 
um, something that has changed in real life and remained the same in Google Knowledge uh, Graph in the results for a while. I, I just don't have any on my mind right now. I'll try yeah. to remember, but I feel yeah. Like I've definitely seen examples of that as well. I know we try and pull out weird and funny examples when Mark and I do the podcast together. I know Mark absolutely loves that kind of stuff. I will bring up like, oh, there's this example from, you know, recent news that Barry Schwartz or Lily Ray has written about or whoever it is. And Mark will go, I'm going to go find my own example. And he will go off and do research and dive straight into Google and find out what he can what he can find out. And I love having that kind of, like I said, we're doing live Googling right now on the podcast as we're recording. I love being able to do that. And that's part of that process, right? Coming back around to talking about entity research and stuff. I would probably have assumed that Alphabet, the company, would have their knowledge panel there. But Alphabet as a concept in language is, is quite a big deal, I suppose. That's pretty important, yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> so the thing is, you have tons of kids going online and they like to see the same thing over and over, right? <laughs> Especially if it's like a YouTube alphabet song or something. So it's really hard to beat that. <laughs> now, that's a very good point. Yeah, some of the most viewed things in the history of YouTube are like little kids clips and stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean... They're like, and if you see all like, like the gaming or like there are tons of games for young kids and, you know, um, apps and stuff to teach them alphabet and that sort of thing. And these are like, a lot of them are like very profitable businesses, right? Like, and, and, and um, so it's hard to beat that. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. So just looking at the um, kind of like keyword suggestions here, because we've got the, um, again, not sponsoring the show. The, I've got the Ahrefs uh, Chrome extension on the side that's telling me like other keyword ideas to do with Alphabet. And Alphabet Company, Alphabet Google are the second and third. Then Alphabet in English. Then Alphabet Cars, which is the car leasing company I mentioned earlier as well. So they finally show up despite ranking first in organic position. Um, Alphabet Letters, Alphabet A to Z, Alphabet, Phona uh, Alphabet Phonetic. Alphabet vans, okay? So we've got kind of a mixture of the three different things there. The small company, the global company, and then this wider concept that defines our language of English, basically, and so many other languages. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the, re I, like, the reason we're getting those recommendations, like even when I typed in the search bar alphabet, that I got in the, you know, the suggestions or the autocomplete like company and or alphabet google right so it's trying to remove any confusion or any like trying to narrow down the 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 this like what you're looking for or or to to be able to return the most relevant but if you're just typing alphabet yeah yeah <laughs> if you i guess there's a little advice there almost like we were saying with the names right if you're starting a small business and you want to be, be a factor in entity SEO. Come up with a unique name. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't go... Like, it's really a bad... I, I wouldn't say bad, but I mean, it's not the best thing to do if you go after something that is, you know, you don't want to, like, compete against uh, others for your brand name. Like, and, and right now in SEO, brand search is, like, really a big topic and really trending after years of being told that brand branded search is not, uh, like... SEOs should not get credit for branded search right now. It's a lot of people like it's a big thing. It's it's a lot of 
the ways brands are surviving in, in hard times, branded search. Um, and I, 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 I like you definitely don't want to be wasting your because in many times, especially when you're launching a new business, your branded search is the result of PPC or ad campaigns you run on Facebook or whatever. And you don't want to waste that. Like, okay, they either click click on Facebook or they're going to go to search and search for you. You don't want to like waste, like see other competitors' uh, ads there or not even competitors, people who are selling something totally different, right? Yeah, definitely. So I've seen wanna... some clients that have had, uh, how do I word this? Uh, inappropriate abbreviations for their company names that turn, if, if you Google it, it is uh, not safe for work should we say? And they didn't realize that until I told them. And I was like, hey, you should probably not use that abbreviation for your product because that means something else on the internet. And that is not a thing you want associated with your brand. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I mean, people, and, and you know, that's why it's ideal if you're launching a new business to book one-time consultation even. Like, mm. a, you know, it doesn't have to be like an entire, you don't need to get the whole plan, right? But at least book a one-time consultation and understand what you need to consider at that stage. Because, um, you, like, you don't want to go back and say, okay, I'm going to change that, uh, right? And, uh, that, like, there's no, it's, it's a, a waste if you're going to change that later, right? Yeah. So to kind of wrap things up here, Sarah, I kind of want to dig into how we would measure success for an entity-driven strategy for content. Because you touched on branded stuff there, and I think that's something, like you said, for so many years, so many SEOs have said, don't worry about branded stuff, that doesn't count. We, we don't get credit for that, so don't, don't include that in your reports or however you want to put it. What would be your advice to people who are thinking about going into and understanding entities better, now using it in their content strategies and then reporting that to the executives of their company or their clients in that way. What's the best way of kind of translating that to clients and understanding this is why we have succeeded and why the entity is working? Okay, so to be very transparent with you, it's really hard to attribute a specific, like results to specific SEO tactics. Like this specific tactic moved that specific. It's really hard. <laughs> Definitely. So what you can do is like, obviously you can say, okay, this content strategy resulted in that impact, right? And generally speaking, when I report, I don't like to report month over month. It, you, I, you, in a perfect world, you should report, or more perfectly, you should be reporting this month or looking at this month this year compared to the same month last year because you want to take into consideration seasonality and that sort of thing. Uh, month over month is good, but it's not all like it can be impacted. Like because as I said, seasonality it cannot be like you can actually do a good job and you're actually performing better, but it shows worse because it's just a low season. Yeah, so I would just talk about the like the general um, SEO strategy we we followed, and then these are the results. Um, and you may want to do like. If you would like to, if you, you want to like try it on fewer URLs and then compare it to the URLs that you didn't touch, like and, and show that these ones that we optimized using that, those tactics got, for example, that sort of performance increase, and then you get buy-in to execute more. Yeah, because um, quick example, I had a struggle to convince clients to, for example, add footer links. I was like, okay, let's add few and see and compare them to few blogs we didn't like blog posts 
oranges to oranges blog posts against blog posts. Once you link, put those links in the footer, they the, you can see on the graph they're just moving up, right? So and the others are just the same. So yeah, yeah, that's I think that's re- that's a really interesting thing. Being able to essentially do that testing, like you said, compare the oranges to oranges there, and have that way of and again, like you said earlier, talking about updating content as well. If you can go back, update a blog post with your newly gained kind of entity research and you can see success from that. Oh, look, now it's moved up so many spaces in the rankings or driven this amount in traffic or conversions or whatever. That's a really like, again, objective way and and kind of filtering it through and getting through to that data-driven strategy. I really like that idea. Cool. Uh, Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, we're about an hour in terms of recording. I know listeners, I've turned this into an hour long show. It used to be a 30 minute show before I started, but no I like meeting me. <laughs> Sarah and I have talked a lot. <laughs> we spent the first 50 minutes just talking about companies and stuff. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Some podcasts are already finished by then, but we're just getting started. And that's why I appreciate <laughs> about about you coming on the show, Sarah. I I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> same years. Same I I I Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm super happy to have this talk today. Thank you very much for joining. Where can the listeners find you across the internet? You mentioned your personal website. We should definitely give a shout out to that. And how can people follow you on social media and things like that? Yeah, um, sarah-taher.com or LinkedIn. Or, um, if you search for hashtag SEO riddles, you'll find me. So <laughs> that, that's a summary. <laughs> You've got the brand down. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case, listeners, all those links will be included in the show notes at search.withcanda.co.uk as well. So if you need to go and watch Sarah's talk from SE Ranking, if you want to get into more details about Sarah's social posts, which I highly recommend, by the way, very, very excellent stuff on LinkedIn and Twitter, go and follow Sarah on there in the links in the show notes. And that's all the time we have for this week. Thank you again to Sarah for joining me this week. It was an absolute pleasure to talk about Entity SEO. I learned a lot this week. I know I say that a lot, but that's why I have these interesting people on the podcast, right? I'm here to interview them and learn from them. And hopefully, listeners, you learned as well throughout the episode. I'll be back next week. The plan is for Mark and I to do a kind of summary and recap of 2022 in search and kind of cap off the year before we go away on our christmas break and basically discuss our highlights and particularly interesting things that caught our eye throughout the year in both seo ppc and the search industry as a whole and then of course we'll be back in january in 2023 with loads more guests lots more news and more live streams coming up soon as well. We're working on some monthly live streams with Systrix we'll be doing in 2023 and we will keep you up to date with the dates and announcements for all of that coming in the next few weeks as well. So thank you very much for listening and have a lovely week.